again, call it that's college dick. Oh, so yeah, we can have college athlete dick, and then Ryan Shea can be professional athlete dick. Yeah. Right. Obviously. Because <laughs> now we have college athlete and now we have professional athletes. So you see Ryan Shea is the professional one. Have you ever seen those memes on Twitter? Like imagine explaining this to somebody like a hundred years ago. And it's so we put a Victorian <laughs> child into a coma. Is me explaining my reverse hair. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Spice Rack Podcast. Today, we're playing basketball. You know that song? <laughs> yeah. I always um, think of, like, the YMCA song when I think of basketball. To kick off March Madness, we are talking about The Right Move by Liz Tomford. But before we get into it, Em, how are you? I'm good. So, guys, I have a boyfriend. So, he's not. he decided he's not listening to the podcast. I think that's for so, the best. Yeah, he's not listening to the podcast. He should be a supporter, but like he doesn't need to be an active listener. He doesn't need to be no. an active participant in this. No. So yeah. So thank you guys for who came along the journey. And look at us now. Yeah, she read that book <laughs> and now she has a fucking boyfriend. So that yeah. <laughs> that happened so fast. <laughs> yeah. I understood the assignment, so. So since he's not going to listen, are you allowed to talk about him? Yeah, I like there's like some things like I don't because I'm not going to go into like, detail about. But mm. at what point do you think you'll start <laughs> doing that? Because I did that pretty early on. Like three, four months. Oh, my God. We haven't had sex yet. I'm still sticking to my rule. It's so fucking annoying. But okay. you guys were here last week. So. You were here last week. Emily has decided that she, not having sex in quite some time, is just going to wait until arbitrarily wait another month. Yeah. So that's all I have. What's up with you, Seth? What is up with me? I made a fire pit this weekend. I made my husband shovel fucking rocks for 12 hours <laughs> that I could move him around in a little fire pit this weekend. And I'm also so excited that it's March because I live in such a fun St. Patrick's Day town. So I will be drunk this entire month. Nobody need anything from me because <laughs> I'm going to be fucked up every weekend for the next month. <laughs> I don't know. I never really do anything on St. Patrick's Day except like look at the defers. That's all we, I really ever did. Yeah. Well, we're doing St. Practice Day this weekend. That's what it's called. <laughs> and then the next weekend is St. Patrick's Day. And then the weekend after that, I mean, you've already gone out two of the three weekends. So I feel like you just got to keep going. You know what I mean? Gotta, you got to do the whole whole month. Whole you got to go for it from beginning to end because I'm not a quitter. Right. So like I've got to really see it through. Yeah. But I ordered Look my shirt and it says we little hooligan, <laughs> which I'm quite a fan of. I like that. I really think I have two pieces of green in my closet, but I'm going to DC for spring break and I'll be there for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. I mean, you have to go out for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. our sorority St. Patrick's Day is Founders Day and <laughs> uh, our, our sorority Founders Day is on St. Patrick's Day. 
and I am an employee of said sorority. And everyone's like, oh my God, we're going to do so much for Founders Day. Da, da, da. And I was like, I will not be here. I will be getting drunk. Goodbye. <laughs> Celebrate the founders that way. Exactly. That's what they would want. Yeah. Pour I'm one sure. Out for a yeah, exactly. I have not been reading. If you think about going to get your PhD, just don't do it. Alex said I can't drop out. But <gasps> you just said the boyfriend's name. Oh my God. Did everybody hear that? <laughs> he said, I cannot drop out. But next week is spring break. I'm breaking, I'm breaking out, Rena. I have a seven book series. Oh, you got to do just, it. I just got to do it. I just got to do it. And then, um, so all I read was Right Move by Liz Tom Ford, which we're talking about today. And yeah. But I know, Sad, you've been carrying us so far. I have, which is concerning. <laughs> I'm going on a fantasy bender. You heard it here first. So I read The Right Move. This book was so thick. Did it need to be this thick? I don't know. But we are on like, what, four or five thick ass books in a row? Yeah, we've been reading massive books. I am over it. Give me a 250 page little steamy rom-com. Like quit with this. Like we're not winning the Pulitzer Prize here. I need everyone to chill <laughs> the fuck out. <laughs> it does not need to be 450 pages. So. Anyways, read the right move, loved it, obsessed. Then I read, I finally read The Kingdom of Blood and Betrayal by Holly Renee. So the first book in the series is The Kingdom of Stars and Shadows. This is a fantasy series. Every book is under 250 pages so far. It is very spicy. And the third one comes out at the end of the month. So I went ahead and read it to like get prepared for the third one. Then yesterday I'm at the nail salon. And I always read at the nail salon. And the only thing I had downloaded on my Kindle was the first book in the Bonds That Tie series. And everyone has, like, talked about this. But I never was, like, motivated to read it until it was the only thing I had on my Kindle at the nail salon. Well, I stayed up until 1 o'clock in the morning (laughs) reading this book. (laughs) And I really, really contemplated, like, should I just, like, pull an all-nighter and go directly into book two? Because this is what happened. So I gave this book four stars. This, the first book, I think you could consider to be, it's not YA. She cusses a lot. Like, you could consider it to not be spicy because they're not fucking. Because they are setting you up for a reverse harem. And it's basically this, like, whole system that you were born with and you're mated to, like, several other people. And so it's setting you up to be a reverse harem so far they all hate each other so it's going to be an enemies to lovers reverse harem so i will keep everyone posted i have a feeling that i'm going to read the rest of the series by i mean at least the end of march probably next week so that's where i'm at yeah i am very excited to go on this rena bender i haven't really delved into dark romance since i read the center and it's just time it's time. Yeah, I know. It's We've time. been, like, very tame. We've been reading, yeah. like, respectable. <laughs> like, like I, I don't want respectable. No. I'm, like, ready. I'm ready to be disrespectful. <laughs> oh, guys, I found a sex club. I forgot to mention oh. that. Oh, my God. found a sex club. Yeah. Are you going to go? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably in a few months. Okay, give us the details about the sex club. So it is in Atlanta. So you guys know the sex shop, Tokyo Valentino. Wait, I don't think, can you put this on blast? Are you allowed to do this? 
It's on it's on their website. Okay. Just don't get us sued. Like we already don't make any money <laughs> doing this. We cannot handle a loss. Okay, I'm not gonna say. It. I'm not gonna drop the name. I we can like you, that out. You can talk about it, but you can't drop the name, right? I don't know. It's on their website. Like the, the pictures only are on the I website. Know, the only thing I know about Sex Club is when I read that Salacious Players Club series. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. And they were like very tight lipped about the whole thing. Yeah, it's like a 24 hour. The sex shop is on top and the club is at the bottom. I <laughs> <laughs> like I want to sit here and say that I would go. But it's like, you know, when you have plans and someone cancels the plans and you're like, oh, thank God I didn't want to go to that. Like if I had sex club plans and someone pulled out, I'd be like, "Woo, thank God, because I was like really nervous about this. I think I'm going to go. I think you should. Probably before the fall. Are you going to go with the boyfriend? Are you going to go alone? Are you going to go with friends? I'll probably go with the boyfriend, but I don't think that like we'll do anything there. Because if you look at the pictures, there's no privacy. It is just. Yeah, that's like the point, I think. Yeah. Listen, I, again, very limited knowledge. <laughs> All of my information is based off of books. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> and this is when reading smut, it, it really comes in handy. Like we've been prepared yeah. for these interactions. Yeah. So I had to drop that knowledge. Hmm. Shout out to y'all Jasmine. Going, she tested. She told me. If y'all are going to sex clubs, like, can you let us know? I'm just like really curious. Yeah. Like, I want to know, like, about, like, I want, like, a black tie kind of like sex club experience. Yeah. Obviously. I don't want to go and, like, like, if someone's wearing gym shorts when they roll up to the sex club, I don't think that's for I'm gonna me. I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to get the ick. Oh my God, this is not clean. You're like, where's the red carpet? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so last week, we obviously talked about things we had from the light, which was about Nash, right? Emily, we both run the Instagram account, but Emily's been really busy. So it's been mainly me running the Instagram account. And the, you can always tell when it's me because it gets a little more unhinged. <laughs> Emily's running it. It's like, you know, pretty <laughs> respectful. Anyways, last week I asked if people would fuck a cop and I would like to share the responses. <laughs> Got a lot of DMs about people that have fucked cops. And gotta say, not a lot of good cop fucking experiences. Like, people <laughs> are like he was the worst person I ever met. <laughs> Okay, so again, not a lot of positive interactions from people who had fucked a cop. Um, results are in. 75% say yes. Only 50, 25% say no. So yes, most people would fuck a cop. And some of the DMs that I got, let me share this. You guys are dropping the tea. I love I love that you more. guys are so comfortable with that. Oh my god, it is my favorite thing when y'all share your little feral rat stories. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. Okay, I was engaged to a cop. He was absolutely the worst person in the world, but he was pretty okay in bed. <laughs> for fun, another question. For fun, like would you cop- fuck a cop for fun or to get out of trouble? I said either. <laughs> Whichever <laughs> one you prefer. You need to have a third option that says, I already have. 
TBH, I later learned that he was a terrible person and I do regret fucking him. So again, like I said, the the data that we were running, because again, girlies in STEM, the data that we were running from this experience does not convince me that I should fuck a cop. So I have not been swayed. I have also not been swayed, but... But I hope that y'all start. <laughs> Let us know. I'm going to start running weekly polls and then we can review at the next one. <laughs> Again, you can always tell who's on the Instagram because if it's like nice and polite, <laughs> it's Emily. And if it's like fucking outrageous, it's me. <laughs> Guys, we're almost close to our one year of being a podcast. And we have no clue what book to do for one year. <laughs> so if you have any recommendations, please let us know. Yeah, it has to be like a banger. I know. I feel like we're going to put so much pressure on ourselves. I want 60% of it to be smut. <laughs> I want it to be like Den of Vipers. We need like a Den of Vipers. That's what we need. Yeah. All right. I mean, we've asked this <laughs> so many times. Okay, we're going to get into talking about the right move. But before we do, let's talk about Liz Tom Ford, who is a new adult romance author that enjoys writing sports romance novels that depict realistic and healthy relationships. Her books offer a mix of witty banter and real life struggles with grief and mental health. She is the flight attendant for an NHL team. And when the hockey season was postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Liz combined her two favorite things, sports and reading. Books by Tom Ford include The Mile High and The Right Move, which we are discussing today. And I think that there's already a third one slated on the docket. It has to be Kai. Absolutely. The way that they set it up, it has to be Kai. And it's going to be a nanny romance for Uh sure. Uh Okay, that's so cool, though, that she is a flight attendant for an NHL team. I thought that that job was made up in this book, but it's cool that that was like her real job. Yeah, that it, I really think that's like that's one of the coolest jobs ever. Why are you not doing that? That seems literally perfect for you. I know. I decided to be an academic girly. The chokehold is strong. Can you do both? I'm gonna like sign you up for this. So the dedication is really sweet. So it's to Mark, Allison, Paige, and Camille. One of the themes in this book is finding friendships that fill your cup instead of draining it. Thank you for being the people who fill mine. That is so sweet. That's very sweet. Um, thank you for being a friendship that fills mine, my cup. And thank you, Sarah, for filling up my cup. Getting into the plot review. So Ryan Shea is one of the best basketball players of our time. And when he was thrust into the limelight after the draft, he realized that his life was on display for everyone to see. Because of this, he controls his emotions meticulously for himself and for others. The one person who he can truly be himself around is his sister. And when she asks for a favor, even though it would let a stranger into his personal private bubble, Ryan can't say no. That's how he ends up with a roommate, Endy, who's his sister's best friend. And she blazes into his quiet and controlled life like a tornado. Endy is beautiful, messy, chaotic, and healing from a lifelong relationship. Neither one of these two thinks that they are capable of love, but this story is about proving how much love they have to give to each other. Tropes include a sports romance, sister's best friend, forced proximity, and a little bit of grumpy sunshine. Listen, so the first book by Liz, A Mile High, got raving reviews. So I had high expectations for this one. This book blew my expectations out of the park. 
him learning to sign so he can communicate with her parents and tell her dad that he loves her. I was a goner. I really liked Indy and I like how she understood because she works with athletes. She understood Ryan as like a private person and she was like very respectful to him, but she also wanted just to help him bring him back to life, just be there for him. And I really do like that the relationship that they had. I love that Indy, because like you guys all know, like I have PCOS. It sucks being young with bad ovaries. So I really like that. I think Liz really portrayed that so well. And just the love that like her and Ryan had for each other. And I like the, I love books like this where she's not ready to fully have sex yet, but the guy does not care. So he really just waited until she was ready to have sex was in like the right mindset. And I love the relationship that Stevie and Ryan have. And then I love the daily text updates between Indy and Stevie. I just thought it was super funny. And it was just like really wholesome and cute. I like that he becomes like a better captain and gets closer with his team and realizes that he can have it all, not just like basketball. And I love a man who can cry and show his emotions. And Ryan does that. I have like four main points. So they're at their first gala is like a fake dating. And Rio, one of the hockey players is dancing with Indy. And Indy goes like a king, he, Ryan, mindlessly sketches the rim of his glass. His stance might seem informal, but his stare is venomous, pointed right at Rio. I could just imagine he's in his suit, cufflinks, the whiskey, mad as hell, hot. So hot. And then he goes, part of me hopes Indy is home so I can know whether she's wearing her hair in a braid or a bun, whether she's wearing socks around the house or letting her bare feet enjoy the heated floor. That's how you know he's a goner. He wants to know like what she's doing at home and like he just like remembers all the little things socking the uh, refrigerator with vegetarian stuff her favorite flowers and then third so her ex-boyfriend is a real piece of shit huge pos and her friends suck like her hometown friends suck and they're at the wedding alex has treated any like a huge pos and ryan is at the wedding and he approaches um and alex is a huge fan of ryan And he has a Shea jersey. Ryan goes up to him and says, you know that jersey you've got with my last name on it? When you see it hanging there in your closet, let it serve as a reminder to you that soon enough, it'll be her last name too. Like, he really couldn't get more perfect. And And he clinks their glasses together. mm, When they have their first, like, interaction, the ex-boyfriend and Ryan, outside of the basketball stadium – and he's like, holy shit, that's Ryan Shay. And then he sees Indy with him and they kiss. And Ryan's like, oh, like you're wearing my jersey. You must be a fan. And the ex-boyfriend is like, oh, no, like I borrowed this from a friend. Like, fuck you. <laughs> and their friends are like, no, he's like your fan. Like their friends don't give a shit. They're like, we want the <laughs> autograph. And then, of course, because Indy is just awesome. She also reads smut. And I like it. And Ryan is like, why do you like read like so many of those books? And she was like. How else would you get to live a thousand lives in the span of one? And I just really, really, really liked that quote. I loved that they were both readers and he was like a nonfiction guy and they would just like lay on the couch reading together. I don't know. That's like my love language. And yep. I just, I thought it was so sweet. Yeah. I texted Sav this morning saying that Ryan Shay could possibly beat Nate Hawkins for me. Listen, I have a theory. You said this earlier that they had like adult sex. Like there's a difference between 
college sex and adult sex, and they were having adult sex. So Nate Hawkins is my college crush. Ryan Shay is my man crush. I see that. Yeah. Like, he was a fucking man. A grown-ass man making decisions like a grown-ass man would. Grown-ass man. This book really did, like, blow me away. I think I had such high expectations, but they were met. And I was not expecting them to be met, like, in the back of my mind. But I didn't think that I would fall in love with Ryan Che the way that I did. When he started talking to Andy's dad in sign language, I literally lost my shit. Tears streaming down my face. I love the emphasis on small ways someone can show you how much they love you. Like, it doesn't have to be grand gestures and words. And, like, I don't know. I'm in a relationship like this and, like... I think the way that someone treats you shows you how much they love you versus if they, like, love bomb you or, like, have these grand things every day. And, like, so Indy liked iced coffee. Mm -hmm. So he puts her – he makes her a glass every morning, puts it in the fridge so it'll be cooled down by the time she wants to pour it over ice. And he's learning to take care of her flowers because he knows that she loves them so much. And it's just, like, these constant ways that he shows her how much he cares about her – And you get to the end of the story and learn that, like, this house that they're moving into, he bought months ago. And, like, all of these things that he was doing, he did with such intention. And I I don't know. I just ate this love story up. A couple things that I would like to discuss. Bring out the Kindle. No, back to what you're saying about, like, the love. I Like, Ron, the GM, like, his wife even said. Like, you want the quiet kind of love. And, like, Mm -hmm. Ryan is giving you the quiet kind of love. Yeah. And I think that that – I don't know. I just really enjoyed that because that's also, like, the kind of love that I've been receiving. And I don't know. It was nice to see it. Listen, sometimes I be getting pissed off at Seth when I'm reading these books. I'm like, God damn it, Seth. (laughs) But, like, I don't know. This was nice. It felt more close to me. Yeah. They have really good banter. In the beginning, before they start fucking, before they realize that they're madly in love with each other, they have the best banter. And at one point, like, she's trying to make him jealous. And she says, jealousy turns you on. And he says, nah, no need to be jealous when I know it's mine. I'm the one you're going home with. And, like, her internal dialogue was so funny. And she says, as if every last feminist bone has left my body, I melt into him. And like the feminism do be leaving your body sometimes. I do be leaving my okay. body. It was- <laughs> needs- she says he needs to stop. He can't be demanding and caring in the sexiest way while he's wearing that suit. He should know that I'm a romantic and I'll end up kissing him in it for something stupid like that. It like they were just giddy, fucking happy cute. Love. Yeah, just happy and in love. And I really enjoyed it. The other thing that I would like to share. When I started reading this book, I texted Emily and I was like, oh, you're really going to like this because you reminded me a lot of Indy. And I also, I don't know, like the stuff about her ovaries and like wanting to freeze her eggs and also like her internal struggles and like really wanting to do things for herself and the way that she cared about other people. I don't know. I just feel like most people have someone in their life that either you are indie or you know an indie and so I liked reading about such a relatable main character too yeah I really could relate to indie and like that's yeah. the thing like when we maybe because like you know like we read some books where it's like there's there's no way in hell that this will ever happen 
But like this could be like a realistic story. Totally. Totally. You want to bag LeBron James? Like let's no, go. Okay. Like, like maybe if like like let's say Ryan's not like an NBA, but like this kind of like love and this kind of like story, I feel like is realistic. Yeah. I also really like when you can tell like Ryan is LeBron James. They're comparing him to Michael Jordan. He plays in Chicago for the Bulls. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like it when you're like, oh, this is based in like this is comparative to reality and not completely all made up and stupid. I like when you mentioned the jealousy part. There's a part where she's like, I'm going to Michael's. And oh my Ryan god, yeah. So pissed. He's like, he's like, who the fuck, fuck is, is Michael? And she's like, Oh, I'm gonna play this. And she's like, it's the craft store because he gets so fucking pissed. That is so funny. I laughed out loud. She was like, Oh, I gotta see, I gotta see this through. I cannot embroider to save my fucking life, but I love the idea of the embroidered converse and just adding. And she added a little basketball with the name. And like I can just like imagine like like the cute converse that I would buy to do the embroidery but I think embroidery girls are so cool yeah I wonder if you can like add like order custom embroidered converse Mm, I feel like you could but I think you could also learn learn I would like to encourage you to learn you're a sorority woman you can be crafty I know it's a cute idea it is a really cute stay idea. tuned stay tuned for the next my next project i would like i have a small gripe so what immediately after reading i gave it five stars obviously because i was like still i was like love blinded i had the rose colored glasses on after some reflection i think i'm gonna give this four and a half here's why i hate us i hate a third stage breakup but you know what i hate more than one third stage breakup is two fucking third stage breakups. And I understand they were valid. The reasoning behind them was there. Was it necessary to have fucking two of them? No. No. I also gave it five stars at first, knocking it down a 4.5 because of the two stage. And then I was so mad at Ryan when it was a little bit of the miscommunication when he made Indy like come she said it was like the best orgasm she felt super comfortable with ryan and he just went in his room i was like but he handles it well he like he handles it well later yeah yes but i was pissed in the moment i am gonna be honest i think that she overreacted a little bit about the pregnancy test whole situation yeah like i think any I want kids. Seth wants kids. If I came home and he found a pregnancy test, I think he would be like, holy shit, like, this is scary. Like, I think everyone always says that men are so initially scared and, like, that's okay. I don't know. I just think it's okay for men to have feelings and to be vulnerable and to be scared about things. Like, they don't have to be perfect all the time. And I just – I don't think that she handled that well. Because when women see the positive – like, they also are freaked out and nervous yeah. and scared. Like, it's like a – I don't really think that you can tell somebody how to react in that situation. Yeah. Because your whole life is changing. Yeah. And even if it is a negative, like, she wants kids, she has the ovary struggles, no matter what, it's going to be, like, an emotional, like, moment. Yeah. And so I don't think that it's fair. I don't think that it was fair of her to – to like pin it on him and yeah make his initial reaction because also like he never 
he didn't say anything. He, like, almost said something, and then he caught himself of, like, oh, fuck, like, that's bad. I shouldn't say that. And I just think, like, this man has not given you very many red flags. Like, he's really trying to work on himself. And so I think that you should have had that same energy. Yeah, I agree. This book gave me warm butterflies, so. Absolutely. I think I could be a basketball wife. I could be a basketball wife. The bonus epilogue, when they have the little kids, first of all, don't name your fucking baby Iverson. That is such a basketball wife thing to do. Hated that. But she got a diamond, so it offsets. You know what she I mean? Got a diamond. We can't have it all. But when they're like running around the little basketball court, I just, I don't know. I thought that was really cute. And he was like, you look good, Mrs. Shea. I don't know. I just thought that was really hot. Yeah. Again, okay. this was an adult adult ass book adult ass book so do we transition to the adult spice we should transition to the adult spice i gave it one and a half peppers how many peppers did you give it i gave this two and a half peppers and i think it was solely for the praise and that's okay we both have our in our first bullets on the outline the praise the praise oh all right let me read this quote because i got the shit pulled up i got it ready to go They are starting to hook up for the first time. This is when she asks him for help because she, like, hasn't been able to have an orgasm on her own without thinking of her shitty ex. And she's just, like, very in her head about it. And so she asks him for help. And he's trying to figure out, like, what's going to get her going, right? He's like, what gets you off? What do you want? And he says, no, that's not it. My little valedictorian likes to be praised, doesn't she? A whimper. The prettiest, sexiest sound I've ever heard comes from her throat. Clever girl like you, you want to hear how good you're doing, how perfect you are, how well you're taking it. Like, he will be, like, so beautiful with the big brain. You're so smart. Look at you mouthing off with your big brain. Like, he not only comments how, like, gorgeous she is and, like, how beautiful her body is, he's also, like, praising, like, her intelligence. I am dead. (laughs) I'm alive, but I'm dead. That... I couldn't think he was the perfect praise king. Yeah. Everything. He didn't miss. He didn't overdo it. He didn't. It was not a good girl situation. It was like a, you are so perfect. You are so beautiful. You're doing so good. And I ate that shit up. Like you're stretching so good for me. Like, like fucking kill me. (laughs) I. He. Okay. He wants her to be very vocal during sex. I would probably be tomato red, fire hydrant red. And so he is like, now use your words and tell me exactly how you want me to fuck you for the first time. And then they're having sex like another time. And he was like, there is nothing in this world I love more than hearing you beg. And trust me, baby, I won't stop until I hear. And she like likes the mouth off a little bit. And he goes, it's cute that you think you'll be able to speak while I am pounding into you. I think a man <laughs> asking for words is I listen, I don't want to I don't want it to happen for me, but it's really yeah, I don't I don't, don't want it. I'm really like not gonna be able to think of anything to say on the spot like that, but him like demanding that you say something, like use your words is so hot to me. So fucking hot. Again, this is how you ask for consent in like a very hot, hot way, sexy way. And he was just, he was dominant at times. 
but not too dominant. Like, you know, the sex was good. You know, Like, you just know the sex was good. You know she was getting ticked down on the regular, <laughs> and it was great. Exactly. At one point, he says, you want me to boss you around, and you want the praise when you meet the challenge. You don't need me to beg you out loud because you already know how fucking weak I am for you. He's right. I don't want polite. I want him to demand and then tell me how well I'm doing. Now put my cock inside your pussy. I want to watch myself sink into you. I take him, rubbing him against me to coat the condom, and when I tap the head of his cock against my clit a couple times... Ryan's head falls back. She says, will you look at me, Ryan? Without hesitation, dilated pupils meet mine. His chest heaves with heavy breaths, and he keeps his intense stare right on me as I guide him inside. That is adult dick. (laughs) I have no words. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. They were having eye contact. Eye contact. I think it's hot. When the guy's like, come on, baby, give me like one more orgasm. Mm-hmm. One more. And I was just like, what can Ryan Shay not do? Ryan Shay can do anything. Ryan Shay is my hall pass. Like, I would, again, I would do crazy things. One night, just make one fictional <laughs> character real, and I would do crazy things with this man. Ryan Shay would be the one that you'd make real, your one fictional character. No, I mean, I'd have a, a slew of them. <laughs> I would have a whole reverse harem. Several people. <laughs> Who's your one? I'm not even going to say it. Because it's from Rena? <laughs> no, I think it's from Chantel. I think it would be Riot. That's fair. <laughs> I think it would be Riot Archer, yeah. That tracks. I feel like in my fictional refers harem, it would be Ryan Shay would be my sports romance person, though. Like, he fits that, you know, because you got to have, like, a fantasy person, a mafia person, probably another fantasy person. (laughs) Then you have to have an athlete. Ryan Shay is my athlete now. The guy from Quarterback Sneak by Candy Snyder that we covered Mm -hmm. would would be my athlete or Jude. Oh, my God. I always forget about Jude. And he sneaks up. And I just mm-hmm. can't. I can't forget about him. Yeah. But, again, call it, that's college dick. Oh, so, yeah. We can have college athlete dick. And then Ryan Shea can be <laughs> professional athlete dick. Yeah. Right. Obviously. Because <laughs> now we have college athlete. And now we have professional athlete. So, you see, Ryan Shea is the professional one. Have you ever seen those memes on Twitter? Like, imagine explaining this to somebody, like, 100 years ago. I would put a Victorian <laughs> child into a coma. It's me explaining my reverse hair. So the difference between college dick and adult dick. It's a real thing. All I'm saying. Once you, in April, once you have that adult dick experience, <laughs> report back and you let us know. There oh weren't a ton God. of scenes, but, like, the spice was spicing, you know? It was, it was spicing. I like a man who, like, she was getting tossed around. And I think that shit's hot. She was. She was I, you know what I also around. really enjoyed is that they talked about this man like he was short. They'd be like, yeah, he's only 6'3". And I'm like, only 6'3". Only 6'3". Damn. <laughs> Must be nice. Short king. <laughs> okay. So we're going to get into some discussion questions. The first one. So they start out as roommates. Roomies, roomies. 
Sav, could you platonically live with a boy? Yeah, I think so. If something happens and I'm, like, not living with Seth, I have never lived alone. So I don't want to have to live with a boy roommate if I could avoid it. But, like, I think that I could for sure. Do you? Yeah, I almost would. Did I freeze? No, you're okay. I have my because my computer froze. Um, I almost, I think I could platonically live with a boy. I almost think I would prefer a guy roommate over a girl roommate. I think so too. Yeah. And like if we're both dating other people, it's like fine. I think that that would be honestly like the perfect scenario. But I would almost want to live platonically with a boy than have a girl roommate. Yeah. I think like, I don't know, for the most part, men are cleaner. Less drama. Less drama. They can and also, like, if you're open and, like, you communicate with them, they're, like, yeah. more likely to be respectful of your boundaries, I feel like, sometimes. I don't know. Listen, I loved my college roommates. I loved living with my girlfriends. But, like, their Same. boundaries don't exist. <laughs> like, that's no, just, like, not think, really a thing. I think in college, I could not have lived with a boy platonically in college. No, because I would have romanticized it and fallen exactly. in love with him. But I think adult, like me could platonically live with a boy when adult you is getting adult dick you can live with an adult boy (laughs) because i think in college that is the time to live with like your girls yeah but then post i would yeah i i I could do it yeah i think i could live like in a house full of boys and be fine yeah okay our next question what would be your ideal fake dating scenario hmm if I'm fake dating, I want to milk this shit for all that it's worth. Yeah. So really, like, reluctantly yours, Erin Hawkins. She's with a billionaire. She's living in a brownstone on Fifth Avenue. He did. He redid her whole apartment. She gets to go shopping. She gets to, like, someone shows up with a rack full of dresses to make her over for, like, an event or a gala. Like, if I'm going to do this shit, I want to do it right. I think if my ideal fake dating scenario would be an athlete. Mm. A hockey player? I think any. I don't know. I'm kind of digging the F1 life. Oh, my God. You already know. Have you watched Drive (laughs) to Survive? No, but I really want to. You should. But my thing with the fake dating thing with, like, a sports team is you you get, like, a group of friends. Like, it... You get a group of friends. I think I would like that more than if it's just like the CEO or something. I feel like I could get could get like a little lonely. But I think I would do sports team. But I would milk it for all it's worth. And I, of course, would romanticize it. If you do the F1 thing, then you get to travel. And then exactly. that's what I think is really – then you're on to something. Yeah. I think everyone should watch Drive to Survive. We have a big F1 family. Oh, fuck. I have forgotten to take the trash can to the... Maybe Seth did it. (gasps) Loving you in small ways. Seth (laughs) took the trash to the curb because I forget every fucking week. And so now that shit is full. Okay, sorry. We are an F1 family. Seth really likes F1. So I started watching it with him because it's like a reality show. I follow all of the boys and I get to see when they're like upset. So last week was the first race of the like season 
And the Mercedes guys are whiny little twats. Sorry if there's yes. any F1 fans. This is my like personal opinion. And George Russell, who's one of the Mercedes drivers, basically was like, I mean, we're not going to win this season. So I already quit. <laughs> He's like, being so whiny, down terrible. They all have girlfriends. I just, it's like a reality television show. I like the Ferrari guys. Oh, because you like Carlos signs? Yeah. He is so fucking hot. He's so hot. Here's the thing about F1, though, is that they're tiny. They have to be, like, really small to fit in the car. I have to say, now that I have a man who drives me, I think it's one of the hottest things. One of the hottest things. The passenger princess life is unparalleled. No, like, I was like, I can drive. And he's like, you don't want to be my passenger princess anymore? I was like, I don't have to ever drive again. Never. Never. (laughs) The problem, though, is that... Again, Seth doesn't listen to this podcast. That's how you have to work it. Like, they can't listen because I'm, you talk shit about him a little bit. Seth is the worst fucking driver ever. <laughs> the horrible driver. So if we are hitting the highway, I have to fucking drive. And I'm so sick of it. But, like, I value my life. And he goes, if the speed limit is 65, Seth is going, like, 72. And I'm like, pick up the fucking pace. So I have to be the one that drives on road trips and highway driving. Alex said me and my two worst driver awards can sit in the passengers. Listen, the other day I was with Emily. (laughs) The other day I was with Emily. And Emily is like a notoriously (laughs) awful driver. She also refuses to get on the highway. So we're going from North Atlanta to like fucking Midtown. And I didn't think about it because I was just like, whatever, let me let her live. We got our Chick-fil-A. We were just hanging out in the car. We were in the car for like an hour. (laughs) We took a 20-minute trip because she refuses to get on the highway. (laughs) We almost sideswiped a car and I was like, why didn't I drive? Like, why am I sitting over here? It dawned on me all at once. I was like, (laughs) why did I get in the car with you? Like, what is wrong with me? I do not fuck with the highway. That's all I have to say. Well. (laughs) Guys, we have to put Ryan Shea in our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid. At the bottom, we have ultimate friends of benefits. May or may not be telling your friends, hooking up a few times. That's your sneaky link. Then we have me. <laughs> Never said sneaky link to describe that, but that is actually perfect. <laughs> that is your sneaky link. Then we have meet the parents. Might get engaged, might not get engaged. Just kind of see where it is. So you'll introduce him to your parents. Then you have white picket fence. You guys are happily married. Two and a half kids, the dog, red door. Then at the top of the top is God tier where the best of the best live, eat, sleep. So, Sav, where are you putting Ryan Shay? I'm putting Ryan Shay God tier, obviously. And he and Nate Hawkins are going to be roommates because this is what's going to happen, okay? Ryan Shay is going to teach college dick how to become adult dick. And if Nate Hawkins is being mentored by a man like Ryan Shay, he will be unstoppable. <laughs> and they can both play for Chicago. Oh my god, you're right. So they could just live together. Like it, but where does my house live? I don't know where my I don't know okay, where my when I envision my God to your house, I think of like a swanky, like upper east side, like penthouse. 
Mm. See, but I don't want mine to be in Chicago. When I think of friends with benefits, I think of Copper Beach. (laughs) (laughs) Really fucking funny. Hmm. Okay. So friends with benefits lives in our (laughs) college apartments. And we're swanky on the Upper East Side for God tier. That's pretty much how I picture mine. Yeah. Where are you putting Ryan Chat? <laughs> I am stuck between white picket fence and God tier. I'm putting Ryan Shay at white picket fence. <gasps> Why? <laughs> Why not God tier? I just got a boyfriend and now you have standards. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Um, Yeah, there's just something missing. Okay. Yeah, there's just something missing. Some kind of oomph. Hate that for you. Love that for me. Like with Nate Hawkins, we got the Uber scene, the bar scene. You're right. I think it's there. Okay, no, <laughs> we're getting philosophical. I think it's there with Ryan Shay. It just wasn't captured. You know, like on reality TV shows where like you know that they're cunts, but you haven't seen them be a cunt in the yeah. action. He just like didn't get the chance to really show us what he was made of. Exactly. So like missing a little bit of oomph, but white picket fence will have a good life together. I would live in that house that he bought me in the suburbs. And I would not have an ugly ring on my finger. Nope, I'd have a diamond. Mm-hmm. We hope you all enjoyed this episode and the right move by Liz Tomford. Next week, we are going to bring it back a little darker and read Promises and Pomegranates by Sav R. Miller, which is the first book in the Monsters and Muses series. And so this one is a Persephone and Hades retelling I read it a while ago. I think I'm going to give her a reread with fresh eyes and all there are six books in the series, five that are released and all of them read as separate standalones with cameos from some of the other characters. So we're excited to get into it to take it a little bit darker. We've been on the light, cute rom-com side of life. And I think Emily and I both need um, a little deprivation. (laughs) So that's our next stop. And we will see you all next week. Yes, I'm going to dive into the whole series and then I'll go to Rena. So looking forward to talking to you guys next week and let's get dark. And um, if you could leave us a five-star review. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye.